0: Welcome to the Always Be Comedy Podcast. My name is James Gill. I am the MC at the multi award winning comedy nights, Always Be Comedy. I'm joined, as always, by my comedy husband, Always Be Comedy's very own, Tim Lewis. Hello, Tim Lewis. Hello, James Gill. The Always Be Comedy Podcast is where we sit down with a guest and they curate what would be their dream comedy gig, who would open who would close? What sort of gigging nightmare that they've experienced must not, under any circumstances, happen at this fantasy comedy gig? It's all this and so much more. And by so much more, we often mean quite a lot of gossip. Hello, welcome to the Always Be Comedy podcast. It's a real special one. It's Alex Horn, taskmaster, creator, all-round good egg, hero of comedy, um Alex Horn, Tim, I think has had a more profound impact on Always Be Comedy than he might realise I think he's had a more profound effect on
1: maybe not even British comedy, international comedy than he realises but yes, for Always Be Comedy specifically, yeah people,
0: it was a real crossover I'd say huge crossover lots of taskmaster fans part of the uh, always be comedy i don't want to use the word massive i'm 45 and from leeds but I'm, we're going to go with it uh the always be comedy massive uh a, a lot of the guys who've done taskmaster uh, were either already always be comedy favourites or um have no you know what i'm pretty sure tim pretty much all of them had done abc before that's not me suggesting that they got taskmaster <laughs> because they, absolutely not uh but the likes of uh, uh i was, was going to start with wozniak but i mean take your pick you know your Romeshes, your widdicombs your, your, your Pascos, etc uh wangs godlimans i don't mind pluralizing them but anyway all these dudes big abc favorites big taskmaster favorites um so it was tim we have a lot of love for alex horn um oh and also tim sorry I'm really me- meandering on this one but the the lockdown shows he was a he was a oh my god he went down a storm with his uh, taskmaster uh, installments yeah um that was
1: my first time working with him and i think that sort of speaks to like how generous he is uh he would he'd would do a zoom gig for us he decided I'll set a task and he came back the following week just to judge it all. It was really, yeah, I I was really touched by it. Yeah, I think Alex is really unbelievably
0: kind. There was, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. There was one time we did one of our online shows and he said, can I jump on at you know, let's say nine o'clock to which we said, yeah, of course. Yeah. And he said, it's just that I'm uh, I'm doing a a taskmaster Zoom call with some scouts first, (laughs) a measure of the man. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just
1: someone who is as busy and as successful as he is, he doesn't necessarily need to be as generous with his time as he is.
0: He is a great dude. He really, he really is. Um, now, Tim, I, I think I can say this. I don't, it's not, it's not spoilery. Alex sets a task for the Always Be Comedy podcast listeners, and I think we should probably pick one now. Because he gi- he gives a couple, so Tim, w- w- which one would you suggest? My Spidey Sense says, photograph with the most knees. I think so. Yeah, I think it's that one. So we will set this now. This is a task from Alex Horn. Please submit your photographs with the most knees. Uh, the winner, Tim, will get an Always Be Comedy mug.
1: Ooh. Yes, more on that soon. Uh, I,
0: I'd i like to specify Alex asked for a selfie, so your
1: your face has to be in it.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry, that's vital information. Your face has to be in it. What, Tim, how are we picking the winner? I think we have to go with the one that has the most knees in it. We have to follow the instructions.
1: I think, yeah, I think it's most knees, most knees.
0: So it's a selfie. And it... it, it <laughs> It's a selfie, but it's a selfie with the most knees in it. That's a great task. That's pure horn. And let's say they have till, I'm going to say
1: New Year's Day. Christmas is a busy time. A a time for family, a
0: time for lots of knees. You've got a great opportunity to get those knees in. That's a a great shout. Um, It's exciting. It's exciting.
1: (laughs) It's really exciting. It's really exciting. Again, when we did those online Taskmaster gigs I I had so much fun so I, I got sent everything so I got to see it all and it was so cool
0: some of the videos that people submitted were extraordinary
1: yeah yeah people are very creative and I think again that's another brilliant thing Taskmaster does is it
0: it allows people to show creativity where they don't really get to show it normally I would like to think that the reason one of the reasons why ABC and Taskmaster has crossover is it's a happy place.
1: I, I, Yeah, I'd like to think so, yeah, absolutely.
0: The, 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 it's a similar vibe. It's yeah. a nice vibe. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. Um, so we, what, closing date, what we're saying, Tim? End of play, New Year's Day. Perfect,
1: perfect. You've got time to do it at your New Year's Eve party.
0: Oh, very There's good. options. Tell you what how's about this Tim we'll give away two mugs one for the one for the most knees okay and then we'll give a second mug away and we'll call it like judge's pick i e one that we really warmed to it might not not necessarily did it didn't necessarily have the most knees in it but there was something really creative and special about it one way you and I go oh actually now John from Leeds has technically won because he has the most knees in. But Marjorie from Blackpool, something about that photo. You know you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it.
0: Um, I think, uh, what do you think, Tim? Email and across the socials? Yeah, we'll accept either, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you're doing it across the socials, please use the hashtag uh, ABC Taskmaster. How's that? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's great.
0: <laughs> A, B, c- hashtag ABC Taskmaster. Otherwise, if you're emailing in, uh, it's the team at alwaysbecomedy. And please use the subject title ABC Taskmaster. You can't say fairer than that. <laughs> the horn section are on tour. They have a Christmas shindig at the Indigo at the O2 on Sunday, the 17th of December. And then they hit the road 14th of March, the Lowry in Salford, iconic venue. Tim, if I could, if we if we got to the stage where we could do live episodes of the podcast, my personal dream would probably be the Lowry in
1: Salford. Oh, nice, lovely. Yeah, it's a lovely place. I've only been there once, and it was wonderful to be there. I must say.
0: Um, and then the horn, the, the horn section tour properly gets underway. There's a bit of a pause there. Uh, the Liverpool, oh, wow, Alex, Liverpool Philharmonic Hall, fifteenth of April, and then they really motor on. Middlesbrough Town Hall, uh, Durham Gala Theatre and Cinema, Books and Opera House, and on and on and on. So if you Google horn section tour, you can find tickets there. Having seen the horn section live there, it is pure joy, it is pure sunshine.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna essentially repeat what you said. They're very silly, very silly, but like the musicians are unbelievably talented. Did you know they are Robbie Williams touring band? I absolutely
0: did not know that. Some of them are. Some of them are. I should say. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. I've got a. I've got a bit of a, a showbiz Robbie Williams anecdote. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was warming up on a show called Back of the Net on Amazon Prime, and it was so great fun. I know I've talked about it before. The hosts were John Bishop, Gabby Logan, Peter Crouch. How, how could you not have a good time? It's great. And then on one episode, Yaya Torre, one of the best Premier League midfielders I've ever seen, and Robbie Williams were the guests, right? And at the end of every show, I would always, and I still do this to this day, to ensure that everyone gets a round of applause, I will go, let's hear it for, and you go through the hosts, you go through the guests. And Robbie, Robbie could see early on what, what what I was doing, where it was going. So I was going, let's please hear it for, Gabby Logan, the whole crowd. Yeah. John Bishop, yeah, and then Robbie ran over to me and he goes, when you say my name, describe me as the third best singer in Take That and then ran back up to join the others. And then when I got to Robbie Williams and I went, and the third best singer in Take That, Robbie Williams, right? And it it did get a bit, got a big laugh. And I've got to give full joke credit to Mr. R. Williams. And he got a huge laugh, you know. And I think Robbie, that says a lot about Robbie. That is a measure of the man, not afraid to take the mickey out of himself, self-aware. But then after the show, I had three separate people, including two very big hitters on the show, come up to me and go, woof, Jim, that was, that was punchy, wasn't it? And I'm going, no, 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 no. no. It was Robbie's idea. They were—I'm th- sure they were thinking, "Oh yeah, sure, mate. Yeah, sure. Mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the greatest icons in the history of British pop music." Um, but yeah, uh, I always—I watch that Netflix documentary, and so I—I I, I think of Robbie doing that a lot. And uh, what 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 a likable man! Yeah, char- a charmer, a charmer. What a charmer? Yeah, you know, everything he's, he, he's achieved, and still thinking. You know what? I'm, let's let's take the piss out of myself. Um, you know what? I, now that now that I think about this, the horn section and Robbie Williams—that's a ni- that's a nice crossover. Yeah, it is. There's a video on YouTube of
1: them doing Angels together. I think it was done during lockdown. It's great. Absolutely
0: fantastic. So the horn section—if you've never seen—if you've never seen them live, you you oh my god, you will love it. You 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 you'll just have so much fun. Great laugh. You'll leave with a big smile on your face. Uh, Alex is. It's so self-deprecating, as, you, as you, we've talked before, A thing that unites a lot of our favourite acts is self-deprecation, and Alex absolutely has that, the way he describes his role in the horn section, but no, he's uh, he's a terrific uh, front man. Tim, I said this last week, what a week for Always Be Comedy, and I'm sort of saying it again, well, I am saying it again. <laughs> Recently, completely unannounced, Stuart Lee jumped on.
1: Yeah, amazing. Just... It's, I always love when we can have a mystery guest who is complete mystery to everyone. And yeah, it got happened so short notice. And yeah, Stuart Lee just sneaking his way onto a gig. It's just perfect.
0: That is the stuff that I would have dreamed of just a, a, a few short years ago. The thought of Stuart Lee jumping on to run through some stuff. That is the absolute, I'm performing the sign of the cross so grateful was I for that moment. Um and he was I mean, wasn't he just I mean it sort of goes without saying, doesn't it? Say he was good at football. Lionel Messi. But it, it was just it was it was such a good set. Yeah, well, look, we we all
1: know he he may well be the best. And yeah, that set just really doubled down on that. So good.
0: For many, the greatest to ever do it. Speaking of which we had the uh, annual Christmas charity special. Uh, Joe Wilkinson, uh, Mary Lane Robertson, Nish Kumar, Harry Hill—all wonderful. Harry Hill did his—he uh, did it with his last Christmas. We would love it to become quite the annual tradition, but we also appreciate that Harry has a life. Um, but, but it went down a storm, and then Jenny Eclair. So we shared the video uh, of Harry Hill doing—he he does Band Aid with the Always Be Comedy audience. It's—it's—it is belly-achingly funny. And then Jenny Eclair quotes tweeted, Jenny, friend of the night. There you go. Have that on your bingo card. Um, This is a comedy club that knows how to be a comedy club. And honest to goodness, there was, there was more, if, if that level there is lump in your throat, it was two levels above that. Wasn't quite full on sobbing, but was get to full on sobbing, reverse the car a little bit. Um, Tim, what a, what a thing to say. It was really really lovely i've been thinking about that
1: sentence a lot because i think i don't know comedy clubs like look it is very much our full-time job and it's a business and stuff but it's very nice that it feels It's, it's tricky it's tricky it's i don't want us to ever feel like a big corporate business that you're coming into. I want us to feel like a fun comedy club. And I think things like that now that was Harry's idea, but the idea that we can do that. And I know there are people in that hand selected choir. I'm going to call them, but Harry put out and it really meant a lot to them. And I think that's such a cool thing that uh, if I may say, so you're not going to get other clubs.
0: Yeah, and and also Tim, the feel good aspect. Some of those dudes would never have done that in a million billion years, and there they are, pretending to be Bono or George Michael or what have you. It was it was it was it was a real moment.
1: Yeah, it's it's important when someone's being asked to come up to the front. Everyone has to give them a big clap. That's the one rule I'll say. Always do that. Show show support. Don't make them feel like they're going
0: out to be embarrassed because they're not, especially with Harry. That's right. You know what? It's food for thought. And uh, from food for thought to drink for thought, because, thanks. We've (laughs) just, we, (laughs) Tim, Tim just pulled a face. Normally, it's me that pulls the face to Tim that's like, oh, very nice. Tim just pulled a face as if it's like, oh, yes, yes, please. Um, we, we we finally have merch. So, Michael, we, we've got to give credit to Michael Julings. He, he design brand guru. We've gone very corporate. Um, Tim, Tim put us in touch with this guy and he's created. We've got this new logo. We're, we're so happy with it. We're delighted. He was able to like read our minds and come up with something that just absolutely encapsulates everything that was becoming is we love it so much the pink the yellow anyway i could talk a lot but i'll 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 cool my jets there anyway Mrs. gill um credit to her as well uh as uh, god bless her we've we've mugs are now on sale at the moment you at the time of recording you can buy them at gigs we hope by the time this episode goes out they'll be available on at alwaysbecomedy.com we're still yet to fully crack that enigma code because it's us that's working out how to do it but we would we would love nothing more than for you right now to be able to go onto the alwaysbecomedy website alwaysbecomedy.com and you'll you'll be able to see a little merch or shop section and the mugs are there and um, with a bit of luck and fair wind they will be with you in time for christmas
1: Yeah, they look really great. They are, look, they're flying out at gigs, I've got to say. It's been lovely. Uh, And I think they look great and a perfect Christmas present, if I may say so.
0: Tim, you may say so. My (laughs) sister uh, has already been in touch and said, please can Santa get a mug to me? And uh, we will will have a word with the big fella. And we, we think Santa... Uh, we'll be able to get one to you, Helen. I don't think you listen to the podcast, so this is actually wasted sentiment. Um, right, Tim, anything else? Uh, any other business with uh, Alex or indeed the podcast?
1: I don't think so. I think it's Alex Horn time.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, here he is, a, a hero of comedy, certainly a hero of always be comedy, uh, the great Alex Horn. <laughs> I've ever started off an episode of, of the podcast by just saying thank you but uh Alex I'm going to do it you know me as a, a schmaltzy cheese ball uh th- I think and I think Tim Lewis will back me up on this the impact that Taskmaster has had on always be comedy and I've said it to you before privately but do you get this a lot do you get people thanking you a lot because what what Taskmaster done has has put a spotlight on so many comedians uh Wozniak, straight out of the gate. But, I mean, there's, there's so many, but, you know. Brady. Uh, Brady, Sanders, Kearns. Uh,
2: Ranganathan.
0: Yeah, it'd have been nothing. That Skinner. Lad. Skinner, Gidroych. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do you, do you get this lot, Alex, of, of people in comedy saying, thanks, mate? Um, well, you're welcome. Um, James, no,
2: I don't, Not no, the trouble is, I do appreciate that, but I also think we do try to hit comedians as uh, on the crest of a wave as they're going up, so I think they would have got there anyway, but I know what you mean, it does shine a spotlight on people, and we're in, we make people, uh, we force people into people's homes for 10 weeks, which is great, so if you see Wozniak once, you might leave wondering what it's all about, but after 10 weeks, you know, he's embedded in your body, um, but also... There are lots of comedians who are grateful, for, I suppose, but there's also plenty of comedians who we haven't asked to be on the show. Um, and yeah, the trouble with having the same comedians for 10 weeks is that there's only so much room. Uh, so yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, yeah, I, I have guilt as well as
0: some sort of feeling that we've done some good, but anyway. Don't, don't have guilt. So look, Wozniak was someone that has, has done ABC in the past on my, on my phone, there was like some sort of like ten years ago, and me and Wozniak gigging Brixton. It was it was a nice thing. However, Wozniak, I, really, I, I didn't intend to focus on uh, was Wozniak, quite as much as this, but was, Wozniak, we must have done twenty odd work in progress preview shows with Wozniak throughout twenty twenty two, and as Tim will attest, they were they were amongst the happiest times of our of our life. But I mean, the the Wozniak thing, I feel like. What you did there was you said to the world, I know how special this guy is and what a unique talent he is. And I mean, the talk about you, you having impeccable taste because the world went, yes, Alex, you're quite right. And then, you know, he has that huge tour off the back of it. I mean, it's fantastic. Well,
2: i I happily do this whole podcast about Wozniak um, <laughs> because the thing about Mike is that he, he won the original Taskmaster up in Edinburgh, whenever that was, 2010. And he was so funny. And that was the first time I discovered him, really. I, I knew him as a friend, but seeing him in action and seeing his brain work in that one. And the fact that now, so on Junior Taskmaster, he has become me. He is the Taskmaster's assistant. And that's a really weird and nice feeling. So I've seen lots of footage of him interacting with the kids and doing my role far better than me. So that's a, it's a really nice. That's a nice feeling.
0: Now, the, the sign of a gentleman, Taylor's as oldest as time is when they come down to do a comedy gig. They see a broken chair and they mend the broken chair before the gig. This is something Alex Horn did over ten years ago at a very early uh, Always Be comedy. Now, could you have you could in your wildest dreams, Alex? Could you ever believe that um, that that all of this would become what it what it has become, Taskmaster? From the broken chair incident. On From the, the broken screen. chair incident. So, first of all,
2: I have no recollection of the broken chair incident i'm not good at many things i had my wife's away at the moment and i had to cook a meal and i cut my immediately <laughs> i cut a tomato and my thumb in half um, and it's really painful i'm holding it up to the camera it's a really annoying snag. um so i'm glad i'm under the chair uh but no as for taskmaster no obviously it's all um uh ridiculous and a really lo- uh, a nice thing i are selling lots of christmas crackers at the moment and i did I was thinking i had to provide a quote about christmas crackers and i was thinking this isn't this isn't one part of the plan at all <laughs> but really what i do is just focus every day on either writing some tasks or filming some tasks with funny people and i had to zoom before this with someone in our next series who i can't say who it is i, I I've, I've got such loose lips and i've promised i wouldn't but it's such a pleasure speaking to this person who's a i'm a big fan of who's coming to the show next in, in three weeks time so as long as I'm just focusing on doing the things with the people, then I think that I can't think of anything outside of that, really. Russ Abbott. I wish. There's a few old school people who I'd love to have. Carrot.
0: Uh... Hey, Jasper, right. This he's such a passion <laughs> point of mine. Jasper Carrot was such a colossus, mm. and his shows were so iconic. And then for whatever reason, he just, he should be, we, I feel like, I feel like he should be taught in schools, but he, he just not, he's not talked about it in the way that he should be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he needs,
2: I, I think he's fine, sort of, career. He's not sort of chasing things. Is it he... Pas- Pasquale, I think, would do it. And I think he would be great. But it's a big conversation, Nick. Because if you're having Pasquale, you're not having someone else. For sure. And it's
0: 10 weeks. Do you want 10 weeks of Pasquale? I don't know Pasquale. I've, I've warmed up a couple of last legs recently pasquale as the kids as the kids say understands the assignment has he been on last week last leg recently they get him on for like visual gags so uh there's something like there was a you know hilsey says something like there was a there was a sexually aroused pig in the news or something like that and then pasquale walks on as a pig in full like snm gear right and and you know he's he's doing he's doing uh badinage with the boys it's it's yeah he's 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 wonderful are they mistreating pasquale or are they pasquale loves it and then i've stayed for a chat after a show because i love the i love the old school Mm. and just chatting about showbiz with pasquale after the record was oh what a! I once met abbott i I met abbott and got to tell him to his face what he means to me and um oh what what a what a guy is he six foot five or something or is he so tall and I'm not a tall guy so it, I it was I, I mm. look up to him in every respect but I I, I was able to uh, tell him that a, a family holiday in like 85 revolved around seeing him in Bournemouth such was mm. the level of fandom and I don't think from what I hear Abbott doesn't hear this enough and so he was he, he liked the moment you know that's good uh, he liked the fact that nearly 40 years ago you saw him on the southwest coast
2: of England. <laughs> And you haven't seen him since.
0: <laughs> yeah, really and made his downhill. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're, and you're right. Yeah, once we start naming names, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, a real, uh, it's a real rabbit hole, I suppose. Now the the Horn section TV show, the Horn section tour. Uh, again, this is this is very exciting. This is this is wonderful. We have Desiree on a recent episode. Uh, what else can you tell us about the the Horn section TV show season two? yes i don't i can't tell you an awful lot because well i can't tell you when it's on
2: because we don't know when it's on we hoped it was going to be on right now which is autumn winter 2023 which would be a year after season one but we've told it's definitely not now it might be next year or it might be the following year because of scheduling but it's all been filmed and it's all been edited it's all in the can and i think it's so much better than series 1 um because everything is better once you've done it once um I can tell you that Reggie Watts is a regular member of the cast now, weirdly. Amazing. Great. So we've got like Reggie Watts and John Oliver as regulars who are huge in America, but maybe not household names here. They're obviously household comedy names, but, but they're massive. So it's, it's peculiar to have them and my five idiot musicians and then Desiree's back and Georgia Tennant and Camille, U can or Uchan. I shouldn't know how to pronounce her surname but i can't i don't think i've ever tried out loud anyway so it's a great cast it's really stupid uh we've gone for special comedy guests rather than spe- so the series one we had people like dr range who was great but we've kind of figured actually we're giving a lot of lines to these people so someone like kyle smith bino or stevie um uh, martin are you know they're proper funny people so we've we've gone down that line so yeah Stevie and uh Kyella are in at this time, and they are so funny. Tim Key's back, so yeah, it's a great lineup. I can't wait for people to
0: watch it, but I think I might have
2: to wait years.
0: John Oliver is that someone that you know from back in the day?
2: It is, yeah. I it's so funny, isn't it? He's he's so huge in America, but he's so or, ordinary as a man <laughs> and normal, and he's. Yeah, he said yes straight away to the first series. Said yes to the second series straight away, which seems mad. But we managed to
0: use people's time. We film it quickly. <laughs> and then, and then the tour. Now, oh my God, the horn section live is it is it is extraordinary. To anyone who's who's not seen you guys live, what what would they expect? What would they see on a, on the tour, Alex? It's so sloppy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think the older you get, the more you get away with. So. It's six people in their near 50s, <laughs> five of whom are very talented, and me in charge of them. So we've got half of it is well rehearsed songs and the odd half a dance, and the other half is sort of mucking about. So it's musical improvisation and musical. I hate the phrase musical comedy because it's not. Uh... Actually, I don't hate the phrase musical comedy because nowadays, you know, if you think Bill Bailey or um, Bo Burnham, I suppose, or Reggie Watts. These are all really cool, credible comedians who we would love to be associated with. Whereas I think in the old days, musical comedy had a slightly tarnished reputation of just changing the lyrics to songs. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a really fun night out. There's no audience participation, but the audience is involved. Uh, It is loose. There's some swearing, but it's appropriate. Kids really like it. Um, It's a good one to take your kids to, I'd say. Um, and yeah, we're on tour from March next year till the end of the year. Just thirty odd dates, sort of across the nations. But we've obviously instantly had furious people saying, "Why aren't you coming to Aberystwyth?" And the reason is because we're, we're sorry, but we're quite busy, <laughs> so we can only do a very small number of gigs. We can only of we, we can't do gigs the weekends or Fridays. And I'm filming a lot, so we just had to pick and choose thirty places. So I, I do apologise. There's nothing wrong with Aberystwyth, um, but we're we're just about covering.
0: A reasonable amount of ground. Uh, I remember. I remember seeing the horn section, and you had you did that story about. I think I might have seen you do it in stand up as well. The and the reason why I'm bringing this up, I did this to Mrs. G the other day, who does not laugh at. sure what not saying, doesn't laugh at a lot of the time. I'll do I'll do someone's routine, and she'll say, "I'm sure, I'm sure it was funny." <laughs> in the room, right? But I did the bit. I told her your baby scan story.
2: Mm, that was true.
0: Yeah. Now, what what is the What was the crucial bit? Because I said it was the yeah. thing that wasn't showing up on the scan w- was the eyes, but it wasn't the eyes. It was no, it was the no, that's what's happened there. No, so this is, is the spine. So I don't do stand up anymore, really, except with
2: the band, and I also don't do a lot of the material that I used to because that was the material about when I had babies. Now I've got fully grown children, uh, so I don't I don't necessarily remember it, and
0: I have never written down any of my material. I don't know if you have. So this that's what this this is what I think it was. Hmm. Yeah, you you go through it. I'm gonna get it wrong, but the, but yeah. you'll you'll see what I mean. You go for the baby scan. Thanks very much. And then you leave and then Mrs. H says, could you see a spine? Or I, I, when I said to Mrs. Gill, I said eyes, but I as, as I was saying, I was like, I don't think it's eyes. And you were like- I um, remember it, James. Yes. You're, you're,
2: you're, you're, you've got it, but I was listening and my wife was being scanned. So she was there, but she wasn't listening because she was too focused on the screen. And the doctor wrote down all this thing saying, Yes, head three inches, abdomen six inches, no spine. <laughs> and then carried on. And afterwards outside in the corridor, I said to my wife, That sounded great. It's a shame it hasn't got a spine. <laughs> and and she she'd missed a bit. So I she sent me back in because I was too sort of I didn't mention it at the time. So I had to go back into the doctor and say, just checking, does the baby have a spine? So I was too spineless to ask about my spineless baby. I think that was a sort of, but it was a true thing that happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, you'd rather not have the awkwardness of having yeah. to go back into the room. So you were prepared Cloppy to carry baby. on the rest of your days, not knowing if your baby had a spine, because you the social awkwardness of yeah. going back it, you know. Yeah, hang on a minute. Are you, sh- Are you Worth um, having another look for this
2: spine? I think,
0: I'm sure it'll be fine, it, you know. We'll, uh, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you ever miss, I think I think I know the answer to this already. Do you miss stand up or not or not really? Oh, I wonder what you think the answer is. Well, I'm guessing no because you're a busy boy. Uh well no, I do
2: miss the camera. So I was saying to you before we pressed record that I enjoy seeing your posts on Twitter about the lineups and you you always pose in the same corridor and it looks like so, that's the bit that looks so much fun. I don't miss the travel, but so so I so my outlet is doing stuff with the horn section. And actually I've thought about the questions you're going to ask me later on. And and most of the people that I want on my fantasy gig are from horn section gigs, because that is my comedy world. Perfect. Um, um so no, I don't miss it because I've kind of still got it with the band. Uh and I don't miss the it's scary writing new material, especially when, you know, I hate to admit it, but I'm quite well established thanks to Taskmaster. So people will have expectations that I might be funny, and and I don't want to do old stuff. So coming up with a brand new set that does scare me. You know, you worry that my brain doesn't work like that anymore
0: because I haven't had to sit down and write material for a long time. So junior Taskmaster, what you know, what a wonderful thing. Ro- Rosematisio, Wozniak, glorious. I think we 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 might have talked before a Zoom gig or something like that, or maybe exchanged emails about how you'd love you loved the one-offs where you get the you get slightly different guests on mm. is there any scope for an, another taskmaster you know a a different taskmaster spin-off
2: i do worry about diluting the brand james
0: it's a fine line isn't it yeah
2: so at the moment there's a lot of it about the taskmaster but i think it's just about fine and the spin-off the junior will be the first spin-off you know the first yeah. so the, the celeb ones is once a year and that's fine i think and they're really enjoyable, but once a year is probably enough. And junior is going to be it is going to be really interesting. So I've seen a lot of it, and the difference is it's nine to eleven year old kids. So they're not, you know, they're funny, but they're not comedians, and they're also not fifteen year old kids. So they they might be smart, but they don't know how to use a screwdriver, or you know, there's a limit. And so, so actually, you only see the you don't see the same kids for eight episodes. We have twenty five kids who you that sort of go through to semifinals and finals. Sorry, there's a lot of detail here, but um. I think we're going to see how this one goes and i i think it will work partly because rose and mike are so good and kids are it's great to celebrate kids getting off their screens and being kids and bake-off does that really well partly because of harry hill um so in short let's not do any more spin-offs for a bit sure but you never know um but i do yeah i do worry about looking like we're milking
0: it or, or just people being sick of it yeah and you and you're good and you have, you know you'll have such a good gauge for that as well won't you
2: well i hope so i mean it, you know we're on 20 weeks of the year which is already quite a bit um and you want it to be special rather than a staple so so um what yeah. uh richard Osman's house of games is quite interesting because that's on all the time they do thousands of ep- episodes but you don't get bored of that but then maybe it's you know it's a studio show and it's It's slightly easier, and this is a horrible phrase, to churn out. Um, Yeah, and also I don't really want to replace Greg too often, as in we don't want Rose is doing something completely different to him. But if there was a third Taskmaster, that gets a bit blurry, I think.
0: Now, this might be me as a comedy anorak looking too much into this. The Thursday night slot in the history of comedy is such a special slot did did that play a part? I you know I think back to being a teenager and looking forward to say Dave Allen on. I'm really waving this pen around. Dave, Dave Allen on. Uh, it's got one of my kids' erasers on the end of it. Yeah, I thought
2: it was a dart for a bit, just so you well, know. I I was. It's got a really lovely weight. I've
0: never noticed yeah. this before. But like you know, Dave Allen I think was on a Thursday. British Empire, Red Dwarf, and on and on mm-hmm. and on. Was that or was that in your in your mind the Thursday? It, it was. So we used to be on Tuesdays on Dave, I think. I think it was Taskmaster
2: Tuesday in our, in our head. Yeah. And then the whole move to Channel 4 was, for me, all quite simple. I mean, it wasn't straightforward because we had really good friends at Dave and we owed them a lot because they were the only ones who had any faith in us. And they kept recommissioning it. But we got to the end of the contract, so we didn't do anything sort of nefarious. But just moving to the Thursday night comedy slot at 9 o'clock on Channel 4 felt like such an amazing thing. And I think for me, and I can't remember, in my head it was on Thursdays, but um, Ben Elton, actually, watching him when I was 16. Was that on Thursdays on Channel 4? I think it
0: was. Oh, oh no, I'm think, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, when he moved to the BBC and did the incredible Man From Uh Yeah,
2: it, I am thinking Man From Was Was Bill Bailey on Channel 4 at Thursdays at nine o'clock? Maybe. Was that, would that have been Black Books? No, I think he did a stand-up series. Did he really? Oh, look. I don't know, but yeah, but the answer is yes, definitely. Even if it's a bit rose-tinted in my head of that time slot, but yeah, just you know, I actually just Channel Four comedy. There's so much history there, and being a part of that is great. And I don't know, I, I really hope that comedy still goes on telly because it's you know it's a slightly changing, it's a changing world out there, James, with with uh, YouTube and so on. You don't comedians don't need telly as much.
0: I think, listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm such a cheese ball. I'm not just glass half full. I'm, I'm just grateful to have the glass. Mm. But I think, maybe I'm wrong. I think it will, sw- I think it will swing back comedy and telly. Yeah. Is that said? Sort of I hope? hope? So.
2: Yeah. It's just really hard to get things made. So, you know, if you think of Vic and Bob and all the things they've done, and then if you look at now, like, where is our Vic and Bob? Like, or for the, for kids now? Um, and they're probably on YouTube, yeah. maybe. Um, so I don't know if it's a worry. It's just something to be aware aware of. And it just makes me grateful that I can piss about with Greg on the telly every week. Because it really is. That's all it is. It's just pissing about, especially in the studio. We're getting slacker and slacker in our prep. You know, we we do bounce off each other just naturally now. So we, we don't prepare anything really. And we just muck about. And Vic and Bob are definitely our icons and idols and heroes. Um, but there's so few chances on telly to really muck muck around. You know, most things are pretty um, uh, carefully put together. I guess, actually, Last Leg is quite a good example of stuff that's done on the hoof, and it's live, which is amazing. There's not many things like it.
0: What those guys do is, I speak to Josh of the day, it's like Tiki. Any, bar, any vintage Barcelona fans, they're sort of doing like comedy Tiki Taka. Yeah. And the way they, it's, yeah um, you could underrate them, I think. You can underrate them and what they're and mm. what they're doing. Um, yeah, the, but yeah, you're right. We, you and I, could easily name twenty iconic shows from the, the past, and where where are those equivalents now? And and it's it feels like it's happened in a relatively short space of time. That the the way that t- telly versus YouTube has gone. Mm. But also, we might just be uh,
2: not the right people to watch. You know, we might be a bit old. I'd say the stuff that Jamie Dimitriou is doing is great. You know, he's had a special Netflix. So maybe we need to look at Netflix rather than channel four. And there, there are people doing brilliant things, um, but it just, I don't know. It feels slightly more serious now somehow telly because there's not much money around. So you can't, the commissioners can't take as many risks. I think that, something I mean, that, like, something that, like that,
0: that, that, no, that's that you've hit the nail on the head. That's what it comes down to, isn't it?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Taking a chance on people. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a commissioner at all. I think it's so tough. Uh, But there's stuff like "Don't hug me, I'm scared," which Channel Four commissioned last year, which is definitely new and fresh and different. So, yeah, maybe we just need to look harder. And uh,
0: you know, I think I've run out
2: of steam on this thread.
0: (laughs) No, I think I think safe to say we're 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 on the. We're very much uh, on the same, we're on the same (laughs) hymn there. Can I ask you a question before we start? A genuine,
2: genuine, so my wife's away for a whole week. On Sunday night was my first cooking meal, and I'm really not good at this, so I ordered pizza. I ordered too much pizza, there's still a pizza in the fridge, so it's now Tuesday. Is that pizza still fine? 100% yes. Is it? Okay, that's my lunch then. Do you like cold pizza? No, I'm going to heat it up, but Rachel bought an air fryer. And apparently you can reheat pizza in an air fryer. So that's my challenge immediately after the podcast.
0: My two girls do dance class on a Saturday. I, I love it. I love to take them. It's fantastic. We get this is a tradition. It's gone on for a long time. Pizza Saturday, once we get back from dance class. Mm-hmm. After this podcast, what am I having for lunch before I see Tinky at football?
2: Three day old pizza. Three day old pizza. Brilliant, brilliant. And it didn't do me any harm. That's a lovely Saturday for you. You you get to watch dancing and then eat pizza, but you must oh, feel feel like you've done a good thing.
0: It's great. Get up early, take them swimming. We leave swimming, we go to dance, get home from dance, Gill family pizza. Oh. I, get, I might join Gill family. Mate, you're, you're already part of the family. What I would say, because I've heard pet, other parents complain about this, I have an hour and a half in the car on my own at the dance class. That is. I would pass the Jeremy Kyle lie detector test sitting in the car on my own for an hour and a half is the highlight of my week. Yeah. Do you not? Are you not encouraged to go and watch the dancing? It's no, it's, um,
2: closed it's doors, behind closed doors training session. Very much so. Okay. And final question. Are the Gill family good at swimming and is that why you got that surname? Tim, that's
0: the social clip for this week.
2: Right. But it wasn't meant to be a genuine question. Have you have you got giggles?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's the exclusive. <laughs> right, Alex. You are Thanks. curate you're curating your dream gig. Do you do you have any pre-gig rituals? So n-
2: no rituals. Nothing as grand as that. I have a couple of things I used to have a pint one pint exactly after every uh, before every gig and in edinburgh as well quite a few did early shows and I think I was, uh, it was it wasn't needing the buzz it was just the that was probably a ritual thinking I always have a pint and I've stopped doing that recently because uh well even just driving after a pint doesn't for the older you get it feels oh, I don't think I'm very good after a pint so let alone trying to be funny so that's sort of gone I do remember years and years and years ago, when I did competitions, I was often compared by Ross Noble. He was I was sort of a few years below him in comedy school. And I remember one time him talking to a mate and then being called onto the stage to kick off the gig. And he said, I've just got to go and talk to myself for a minute to make sure I am the comedy Ross Noble on the stage, not just normal Ross Noble. And I do take a minute to make sure I talk to myself before a gig, just to make sure I'm in the right zone. I suppose because you know you don't want to get too comfy as a comedian uh, and also most of my gigs are with the band so we're just mucking around backstage and they can just waltz on and play their instruments but i can't just waltz on and be funny so yeah I, I just take myself off for a minute in the corridor i try to make myself laugh sometimes you know i try to say something funny to myself to click that gear in but it's not really a ritual
0: it's just a little habit pacing and muttering that's a gr- that is a that is a great answer, and I will I will absolutely take that on board. So so Ross, when that happened, did he say that on stage? Right, hang on a minute, I just need to. Or he just he just on his own before he went on. He basically said, "I can't do it yet. I just need a minute before I go on stage because he'd been in this
2: chat and he just wasn't ready." And you know, you assume, and uh, this is Ross twenty something years ago, so he may well just waltz on now, and he might say this is all nonsense. But I really it stuck in my head that he had to get in the zone, and that was. You know, he made it look so natural, and still does. But even he had to try. You know, so I think it's just remembering. This is, you know, it, it is a performance, even when you're making it look really chatty.
0: I totally get that. Before, especially before a warm up, I need, I just need to be on my own a bit to get in that. And, and I'm the same with, I'm the same
2: with the morning podcast, James. I took myself off. I just it had to sat myself down. I had myself a little talking to, and. <laughs> Take it seriously.
0: <laughs> People are paying, are they? <laughs> no. Alex in the mirror. Come on. Yeah. Let's do, do this they. for James and Tim. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Um, right. Wonderful. Who would uh, Who would MC the gig?
2: Okay. So I have thought about this, but not a lot. Um, my what? What I want? Are they allowed to be? Is it past and present? Is it? Fantasy? Oh, whatever you like.
0: Some, like Wozniak did exclusively dead. Yeah,
2: I want Henry the. No, I I want I want I, I think I want Victoria Wood to MC it, please. Oh, imagine! But the the reason is I don't know a lot of Victoria Wood. Um, I wasn't hugely into her, and I I don't think I've really seen enough of her. So I want this, and the reason I put her MC and not headliner is so that I get to see her. I don't know how many breaks we're having. If we're having a break between each act, but I might see her six times, and I think I want to really. Uh, see Victoria Wood in full. Tim Key, who I will mention a few times on this, always says she was the best, and you know so many people say that. So I think I want to expose myself. to her. <laughs> Is that right? It, context is everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, do, I don't know if she MCs, but I also do believe that the MC doesn't need to, need to necessarily do a lot of crowd work. Uh, I'm sure she could do it, but I just want her to. I think she will make everyone feel happy and she's not too alpha to take away from the other acts.
0: So I, I think it'd be a lovely gig with her in charge. Everything about Victoria Wood, just just, just like a perfect comedian because obviously naturally funny, very warm, very relatable, incredibly talented. The writing was, I still think of some of her turns of phrase to this day, the delivery. I mean, everything about it was just, it just essentially like tens across the board, you know? Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, but I, unfortunately, I don't, you know, I've never met her. Uh, and I, it's just the stories you know when somebody dies and everyone is very effusive about them and I remember when she died I did think I didn't really I wish I'd grown up more with her influence um don't know why you know you you just watch what you watch and I, my mates were still Monty Python and stuff like that and a bit more, more common wise so um yeah so this is my chance to do a bit of homework on her what was, uh,
0: what, what's Keezy's take on uh, on Wood? I just
2: remember a throwaway comment once saying, yeah, she was, she was the best. Um, and I don't think, I don't, we don't really have proper conversations. Um, Sim and I. So uh, <laughs> that was enough to lodge in my brain thinking, oh shit. I, I think I agreed and went, you know, when you're trying to save face a bit, yeah, completely. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs>
0: what was your favourite Victoria Wood bit? All of it. All, all of them. it. God, can't pick a favorite. I'm picking a favorite child, if I'm honest. Yeah, I remember reading an interview with Adam Sandler, and he said that when he was at school, he would bullshit on a Monday to say that he'd seen SN- uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. All of it. Okay. Yeah. Sa- saving Face. Yeah. So I'm. So I'm tired today. um Right. But she's. She's definitely a good example of a musical com- comic
2: who was no no worse for it. If you see what I mean.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. uh Who would Who would open?
2: so we're having ardal o'hanlon opening um he was definitely my favorite my first favorite stand-up comedian who i never saw but i had an album a cassette so i didn't even yeah i didn't even see him perform it but i just listened to it over you know we all had one of these that we listened to their album over and over and over so So, true alex so when i started i you know people say what were you like when you began i tried to be like arlo O'Hanlon. And I still remember his routine. He had a routine about um, what you'd bring onto desert island discs. And his first, his luxury was, I oh know his book that he was going to bring was a big inflatable book. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed that. And it, he, he was talking to Sue Lawley saying, I don't enjoy the threat implied in the question of the whole setup. Um, so, yeah, I, and I really did. He was the person I was trying to mimic and I even had a, I can't do accents, but I think I had a very slight Irish, Lilt when I started So I really want to see him in person The trouble, my problem with Ardle Is that when I first saw him for the very first time Was in Melbourne Comedy Festival And he did a slot on the horn section And it was maybe the worst Section ever in the history Of the horn section For some reason it didn't work He was really funny, we weren't on the ball The audience didn't get it And it was such a shame So I think that's the first time we'd met And I think he must have gone away thinking What was that all about It was, you know, sometimes things don't work. But then luckily he did Taskmaster and he was, I don't know if we were friends, but we got on really well and he was so funny. And uh, he lives in Dublin. And what I really enjoyed about getting to know, so I get to know these comedians and that's the real thrill of it for me. And he invited me to play tennis with him. He plays so much tennis, which is so funny. He's a member of a club. And uh, he said, yeah, come, come over and play tennis with me in Dublin. I never have, and I'm sure I never will, but. It's in the back of my mind. If I ever am, am in, and we are touring in Dublin, so I'm going to try to follow this up. But I think he would do this gig for me. And uh, yeah, still so funny. He's so gentle and nice and proper, serious man in private, as in silly. But he's got, he's thoughtful and he's a novelist, and his novel is dense and clever. So yeah, he's he's an all round
0: star. I think. Such a sweet what a, what a sweet guy. He did he did some Zoom gigs for us, and we you know Tim and I tried to keep it together in the pre-Zoom chat, mm. and then he was all, we just, bringing up on Unforgivable like, He did Unforgivable the other day, and I got it's the first time I actually met him in the flesh. And I got to thank him for for doing those, but he's a he's a really he's a lovely guy, isn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's just nothing nothing bad to say. I mean, the name I I think it's the only ardle I know, so I think maybe you know I think if he was called Andy O'Hanlon, I'd prefer it. <laughs> does he know did you tell him that his cassette was one that you listened i doubt to? it i doubt it you know sometimes you do a podcast and think well i'll say it now and there's a chance he'll hear it here i think i told my parents i love them via a podcast instead of to their faces <laughs> <laughs> so i love you ardal i love you Mum and dan um no i don't think i said <laughs> it to I, I always try to play it cool with with my heroes do you yeah you're the op- you're the opposite i know Why? You you go too far the other way. (laughs) Well, if someone says to me, you know, the odd occasion someone says something like you do, someone says something really nice, it doesn't put me at ease. (laughs) And then if you've got to spend weeks with this person and you're thinking, oh, he's a bit obsessed with me.
0: (laughs) So I think you should think about that going forward. I I will, I promise. Oh, God. Mine was uh, mine was Be- my my cassette was Ben Elton's Motor Mouth, mm, so I yeah. mustn't I mustn't ever say that to. Uh...
2: I think Ben might like that. I, I've never met Ben, but I I reckon
0: he'd enjoy. I've interviewed him a couple of times, and I brought up a couple of very old routines, and he w- he was very he was touched that I'd remembered. Mm. Do you remember invisible invisible demon that routine? No. Everyone's I, got. I would have invisible... seen it. Everyone's got an invisible demon. Mm-hmm. And so he says the invisible demon is you, you've got a new girlfriend you, you meet the parents you've you've done a number two in the loo and you're flushing it and the invisible demon is holding on it at the bottom of the toilet to the extent you're flushing it so much that you can hear your future mother-in-law going is Benji unwell you know it's it's <laughs> yeah 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 it's all, it's all that nice. uh, right Ardle, wonderful who would uh, who would middle so a bit bit more of uh, Victoria
2: and then she's bringing on. Um, well, I wonder if you know this person. She's bringing on Otto Kuhnler. No, great. I'm not saying any more. <laughs> no, Otto Kuhnler <laughs> is I don't know how you describe him. He's sort of Henning Vane's right hand man, or at least that's how I got to know him. Right? He's a six foot six German, he might be Austrian, um, yodeler, magician. Musician, he's so funny. He's one of the funniest people I've seen. You know, just someone who's—I could watch him all day. He's there's a bit of um, Tommy Cooper about him. There's sort of magic that's not perfect, but oh, he has actually called off something amazing. Really good performance, and again, he has done a few in the old days of the horn section where we we always used to have guests come on. Nowadays, it's mainly just us, but he would just come on, and it would it would always be perfect perfectly in sync with the band he did a disappearing table tennis ball trick which is mainly him just stuffing i think eight table tennis balls in his mouth an enormous mouth and try to sing and i'm probably not doing it justice but he's i think i'd like a novelty act in the middle of a bill anyway and he's definitely a novelty act sort of clownish um goofy and silly a bit Vic and Bob, but probably just, yeah, nonsense. So I think, seek him out. I don't know if he's still performing. I probably haven't seen him for 10 years. But he, he's so funny. Breaks the night up beautifully, as you say. Something a bit different in the middle. Mm. Yeah, if I'm an audience member, more and more, I don't, don't just want to hear four people talking. Uh, and I, I also, as a performer, have always relied on some sort of props or tricks. Because maybe that's insecurity of, not having faith in my routines, but (laughs) I just enjoy it as well. Seeing, I remember seeing Steve Best when I was starting out, who's a props comic yeah, and a brilliant photographer and a brilliant comedian, but I just really enjoyed seeing his suitcase full of props. Maybe it just appeals to me, but yeah, I think if I'm booking a night, I'll have someone
0: who's not just talking. I I remember seeing, I would have been a teenager, Just for Laughs on Channel 4, Carrot Top comes on. Let's say I'm 14, 15 years old it's not the funniest thing i've ever seen and then like the more you get into comedy you realize that like the us comics deride the guy prop comedy is is harshly frowned upon
2: yeah i think it goes you know back and forth like spencer jones is one of our best ones at the moment i'd say incredible just making use of stuff and you've got to do it well uh but what i like about otto is it uh, and spencer but otto he's got real skills as well so i like it when you're caught you're blindsided a bit by God, he can actually do that thing as well. But be funny about it.
0: Is that maybe answering my own question here? But like Spencer, I- I- incredible, Otto, we mentioned Tommy Cooper, Morgan Wise, etc. What is it about the old school that you and I clearly uh love? What is it about those guys?
2: I don't know. I did listen to Adrian Edmondson's Desert Island Discs, which I might talk about again later on. But um he was talking about how Spike Milligan I don't want to do somebody else's anecdote but Spike Milligan said he doesn't watch comedy anymore because he knows all the jokes and I, I, and there is a thing with these old school comedians that they know all the jokes and they, they're the same jokes that go round and round I'm not saying word for word but you know the same rhythms and the same uh, reveals and stuff but it's, it's the assuredness I think people they just know the showbiz ropes and they're not trying to they're sort of not experimental even if they're I don't know what it is, but yeah, the confidence maybe. They've got the audience in the
0: palm of the hand all the time and I really enjoy that. That's my answer. I think you're right. I think you're right, assuredness, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, who we go for another break, we come back, bit more Victoria, who who's closing this juggernaut? Well, again, I've
2: gone for someone who I don't, haven't seen enough of, um, so I want to see more of them, but I've seen a bit. I'm going for Hannibal Buress. Uh, uh, partly to mix it up a bit have someone from overseas he's an american comic if you've not seen him he's the coolest man on the planet i'd say um oh,
0: mate i've got a flashback Owens flyed hannibal barrett in edinburgh he wouldn't have minded oh he didn't mind but it's, so he, it's one of those you know when you're like walking into tesco and you get that shudder oh god yeah that's the thing that happened
2: he um so he was in edinburgh i bet it's the same year he did he did edinburgh and took it by storm and he did he did a set on the horn section and it was the coolest we've been, obviously, by association. But he absolutely nailed it. So what happened, what happened in those days was the comedian would come on and do their set, but demand some musical backing. So he and he said boys play jazz in F or whatever it was. He just commanded them and then he fitted around their rhythm. And then the next day, he had this amazing habit of putting his own star reviews on people's posters. And he put a six-star review on our poster. It said, Horn Section, six stars, Hannibal Bares. And it was better than any other review we got. And it sold loads of tickets because of that. Because we had his praise. And he only did it on the shows that he enjoyed. So, we, you know, re- it was a real uh, accolade for us. Just the fact that he enjoyed him. But since then, I've seen him on various shows. I've seen him specials. And he's also the sort of weird right-hand psychic on the Andre... What's his name?
0: That is a great show.
2: Yeah, it's not Peter Andre. I know that it's not Andre 2000. It's Andre, Eric Andre, Eric Andre. Tim Tim Lewis Lewis. with the assist. It's a great show. And Hannibal is brilliant on it. There's no point trying to describe it. And that's the sort of show we're potentially missing on our telly. The Anarchic.
0: If you've never seen it, check it out. I recently watched Hank's episode. That's worth Mm. a watch. Yeah. Uh, it's a great just what an energy
2: to that show as well. We we did an ill-fated series of Taskmaster in America, me and Reggie Watts. And the one person we wanted to get on it was Eric Andre. And it didn't happen. And I wonder if it had happened <clears throat> what might have happened to that show because he's yeah, he's pretty special. I think, you know, I don't know if we would be friends. Quite scared of him. I I think he's like that in real
0: life. So I listened to the Fly on the World podcast, the SNL podcast hosted by Dana Carvey and David Spade. He at time of recording, he's the most recent guest they've had on. Right. I think he's a I think he's a normal. Oh, really? Think yeah. He came across, came across control. really well.
2: Ah, well they're even better then. Maybe Hannibal's ditch. Maybe I want Eric Andre. <laughs> maybe maybe Eric Andre will come on for the final 10 minutes of it and do what to to Hannibal, what Hannibal does to him and just lurk. Again, I think nice that- if a
0: special guest can we have a double headline do you mind if he introduces a special guest this is this is this is my kind of evening this will be perfect Hannibal Barres with special guest eric
2: andre yeah and they'll do something together and it will be someone crash you know maybe eric will crash through the roof you know that seems to happen a lot in his show just suddenly appear on the stage coughing out dust yeah 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 i'd like it to turn into the an episode of the eric
0: andre show What a Alex! What a great gig! Exceeded our sky high expectations. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I did toy just by the way. I I toyed
2: with the horn section band, not me, but just the band being there as the house band. Um, Definitely, I I wouldn't mind that. But they're not necessarily playing. But so they do a gig at the chapel or the, the chapel every Saturday. They're the house band there. They don't play for the acts, but they play during the interval. So I might have them playing during the intervals if that's all right. Just jazz, just the jazz that no
0: one wants. I've said this on the pod before, but my mum my went to go see Spike Milligan way back in the day live. He's like a solo show. And then at the break, he said, right, uh, you, or I, I saw, So I, I try to break it. it was because He to try to keep it as loose, but Spike Milligan, Spike Milligan would go, uh, right, uh, grab yourselves a drink. Probably about 10, 50 minutes. Uh, while you do that, I'm just going to play you out uh, on my trumpet. Brilliant. Still yeah. playing the trumpet while everyone got a drink. Yeah, amazing. Nice little touch, that not it? Yeah. Now, is there a, has there been an incident at a gig that you would you would somehow love to replicate at this gig?
2: There is, but it's a blurry memory. And I'm, what I'm trying to replicate is a an era of my life that I don't have any recordings of, no photos or anything. So it was it was maybe my second Edinburgh show, maybe third Edinburgh show, but the previews. So what we used to do, and I guess people still do it, is you travel around the country with a half baked show to audiences who have no idea who you are or what, why you're doing this weird extended show. So it's me and Tim <laughs> Key. Me and Tim Key doing, I think a show about body language, an ambitious show with sort of media, multimedia stuff, in Exeter in a gig run by someone called Dave. And it was too drunk for us. And a man walked across the room to go to the toilet. And there's a door. He thought it was a door. It wasn't a door. He couldn't get through, and then he puked on the wall. (laughs) Halfway through the gig. And actually it was just what we needed. It really made the gig. And it was, you know, it's horrible, but it was funny. And it was sort of, we definitely needed this incident. And then it was fine from that point on, especially because it was a show all about body language. And that's quite, well, I don't know what form of language that is, but it's definitely quite loud. And I just really remember the incident. And, you know, I'd love to, if there was CCTV CTV footage of that gig, to watch that back. But I think Tim will remember it, probably in more detail than me. But, yeah, that I, I wouldn't mind that happening during this gig. Not during Victoria i think probably during hannibal maybe during otto but yeah probably during
0: hannibal eric andre would love it
2: yeah yeah just it just shot it was a really fun and it was really warm it was too drunk for us but it was a warm drunkenness it was a really sort of hyper crowd it was it was a great crowd so i get i don't know if you ask people to pick their audience but that might be the audience i would take to this gig
0: perfect so so hyper in a good way not in a way that where you you know that moment where you're the gig is almost getting away from you because they're too mm. drunk. Not like that. Just the right, no. in a right, in the right they way. They were
2: up for a great night and it was a really memorable night. Um, I think for everyone, not, and not because of
0: us, just the energy. That's nice. And then mm. pukey pants was just the extra cherry on top. Puky pants did what he did and everyone was pleased. <laughs> Perfect. Now, is there an incident that under no circumstances can happen at this gig? There is, and it is it's it is with Tim Key. So this is net we're zooming on four years later. So this
2: is post Edinburgh, where you've done the show and it's done reasonably well. So then you do a tour, but again, you're not well-known enough for, for it to actually necessarily work. So Tim and I were booked to do a gig in Bangor, Northern Ireland. And um, actually, this was our first Edinburgh show. So it was called Making Fish Laugh, and it was a, a scientific exploration of what makes people laugh. So we were booked into this gig, and we turned up, and it said adult comedy night in huge writing from the outside. No mention of us, just adult comedy night. <laughs> and then we went inside. <laughs> it was a maybe 95% male audience. And the, and the gig had already started when we got there, but it was only us on. But the gig had started because they put a huge screen up with a Billy Connolly DVD playing. No! And they were loving it. They were loving Billy, understandably. And after about half an hour, it was our turn. So we sloped on in our suits. The guy literally just pressed pause on Billy. So he was still behind us, and we started. And it's pretty dry stuff. And after about, I reckon, eight minutes, we said, "Okay, do you just want to put Billy back on?" And they all said, "Yeah, yeah, we do." And it was nice. There, were, no one was mean, but no one had laughed at all. There was no noise. It we eight minutes of silence. So we went off, they pressed play on Billy. Everyone had a lovely evening. We went back to our Airbnb or whatever it was. It was not an Airbnb, a BB. and b We didn't even leave the room. We were too scared of seeing anyone. So we ordered some Chinese up to the room. That was horrible. And then we went home, tail between the legs the next day. It was such a waste of two days. But that can never happen again. There's so many poor decisions.
0: That is absolutely extraordinary.
2: Yeah. We were the wrong... The wrong book. I don't know how we got the gig. Everything was wrong about it. But there's no compare or anything like that. It was just us. Just an organiser who thought, well, this is comedy. And, you know, a screening of a Billy Connolly DVD isn't a bad idea. But we should have warmed up for it. Yeah, terrible. Who
0: thought that was it? But who at the venue thought, let's put a Billy Connolly DVD on before the yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's some
2: logic to it, maybe, if we'd been what the audience wanted. But we really weren't. And they were very polite. And my wife is Northern Irish. I've spent a lot of time there. Sure. It was never going to work. It still wouldn't work now necessarily in that room, um but we might have slightly more skills at our disposal, but probably not. But yeah, it's haunted us. It's haunted both of us. That gig, dreadful.
0: When do you get? Is it one of those where if, if Billy comes on the telly or what have you you, you, yeah. you you get the flashback.
2: A little bit. There's a big article about him in the Sunday Times. An interview with him. And part, a tiny part of my brain thought, so I wonder if he'll mention that gig in Bangor. Oh no, he wasn't there. He wasn't there.
0: How do you unwind after a gig, Alex?
2: I haven't got a good answer for this because I don't really. It tends to be the, just the drive home is my unwinding. Um, I, I do a lot of driving, so it's 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 I main mainline Desert Island Discs. I'm trying to listen to them all, and what happens is I normally put on someone I know first of all, someone I've heard of. But actually, the best ones are always the ones you haven't heard of. So I'm mid. I'm always mid desert. I'll tell you what. I'm listening to at the moment because I can never really remember their names. Because the people have not heard of. I listen to a
0: couple of, of the really old ones, like ones yeah. from like back in the day. They stand up. That, don't they? Well, the guests do. There's one with Donald Pleasance. Right. I can't remember who the who the who the I don't know who was the original the male host in like the 1970s but it's just like no research
2: right yeah Lauren Laverne is fantastic I mean the amount of work she must have to do because she sounds so clued up
0: about every aspect of life so I think the lawly lawly and, and post lawly yeah the re- I think the research has gone up several levels but I'm You're probably right yeah. I'm listening to the these old old ones I'm like oh mate come on this is you know what I don't go back that
2: far I I, I only have female hosts that's my current history but um oh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm listening to Greg Jackson at the moment the founder and CEO of Octopus Energy who obviously I've got no interest in but but that then you feel like you're learning a bit about this person in this world and I really enjoy the bad music choices you know when it's someone who clearly doesn't like music <laughs> but he's he's got a good story to tell um uh I'd, I'd say my number one is Chris Packham I'd listen to that a few times he's, he's worth a listen but yeah that's just a great way to unwind because you do you it takes it out of your head you know you're not thinking about yourself and your gig you're just moving on so that's yeah why, that's why is on Packham
0: such a good episode well it's, it,
2: i like it when someone's had there's there's a bit of moving stuff in there there's a bit of passion it's a story unlike mine you know my my life is really actually dull his has got challenges and the music is really good as well he's passionate about his music good choices and you come away thinking, oh, yeah, I need to
0: be a bit more like that." So yeah, it's quite inspirational. Also, we're of an age, like, late twenties. We're of an age where we we grew up with Packham, Nutkins, Strachan mm. on the Really Wild Show.
2: Yeah, we did a uh, this body language show that Tim and I did. We, we sent uh, an instant camera to those three to Strachan, Packham, and Nutkins to ask them take a picture of yourself doing some body language, send it back to us. Um, Strachan and Nutkins didn't reply. Packham had a picture of him and his kids all giving us the two fingers by a boat in a harbour, which we put on mugs and gave away to the audience. And I've still got my Packham mug from 2003, I think. Um, we also sent one to Gordon Strachan, and, and he did also send photos of himself
0: uh, saluting,
2: which was, yeah, such a nice thing.
0: Oh, I did talk sport a couple of years ago. I'm from Leeds. I'm a Palace fan, not a Leeds fan, but... You're sitting like this whole this green room, like a holding lounge for when you're about to go on. Who's in there? Strachan. He's a big comedy fan. He's a big comedy fan. I got to tell him to his face. I've done the thing that we, we've already promised that I wasn't sure yeah. anymore. Um, and I said, I want you to know what you mean to the city of Leeds. And I said, that 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 midfield of Speed, Batty, McAllister, Strachan, one of the greatest midfields in the history of football. And I said, the city of leeds you, you've got such a special place in the heart he was so he, it meant so much to him And i i love god i unapologetically and maybe because i'm not a tall guy as well but i love Stracken so much and then he told us about how much he loves comedy he mm. went he, he'd go see kevin bridges before bridges was famous and a singer yeah yeah he, he goes to edinburgh all the time yeah and then he told us a story he's like i don't know how you guys do what you do he, because Strachan's a funny guy. He's objectively funny, and he What's goes, wrong. he goes, as you, he says, as you can imagine, on the after dinner circuit, the ex football circuit. I, you know, he says, I go down all right. You know, he's, he's not being arrogant there. He said he once got booked to play Wentworth Golf Club. He said he bombed so badly at Wentworth Golf Club they will, they invite him back or he gets invited to do stuff there, and he's like, I can't do it. And he says it's so bad, he'll be walking down a street and someone will walk past. With a Wentworth Golf Club polo wow. shirt, and he's got like PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. Um, that's
2: great to hear because he actually came and watched our show with me and Tim, and afterwards I know he didn't like it because we didn't, we couldn't find him afterwards, and it, he would have enjoyed the Billy Connolly DVD more than that. So we just weren't <laughs> for him. I think he would absolutely love Kevin Bridges. He'd, lo- I think he's a straight stand-up guy, which is those, you know, Bridges is the best I think at the moment. So no, no, you know, everyone's got their tastes. But I was disappointed. We just weren't, we we didn't We didn't make him laugh. And that's, that's showbiz. That's showbiz. That's showbiz. We made, you know, I don't know if there's met any footballers we would particularly appeal to. Maybe Shabby Alonso. Oh,
0: wow. Flying high as well at the moment in the Bundesliga. Um, has the bit, before we go, I've got to ask, who have you made laugh with, with your shows down the years? You know, like the, that celebrity, whoever it might be has come. Who have you made laugh? Where you've gone? Oh, I'm so pleased they they went for it.
2: Mm. Oh, I wish I had like a list of people. Uh, we, I guess, uh, my favorite person who we've sort of interacted with in a comedy way is Neil Hannon from the Divine Comedy. <sighs> but he enjoyed us, and then he where well, he did a set with the Horn Section in in um, at the Galway. Is that what's the what's the I uh, kill Kenny? Yes, Kenny, and he, it it went really well, and it was just that was our happiest time, I think. So it's people, yeah, people who've come and done stops in the horn section, I think. So Suggs has done it. Well, Suggs is a hard man to make laugh, and he seemed to enjoy it. Um, Yeah, let's go for those two, because you just want them to go away thinking. And also, musically, the band were desperate that they thought they had chops. Um, Yeah, it tends to be, if people have enjoyed the band, that's when I'm at my happiest Wonderful,
0: uh, Alex. On behalf of Tim and myself and uh, all our listeners and people who come to the comedy nights, sincerely, thanks, thanks for everything. Really, really grateful. You're
2: doing a tremendous job, both of you. I did see the end of Rob Gilbert's set where he thanked the audience heart, heart, uh, felt, Lee. Yeah, that yeah. was, it was in like a heartfelt fashion. Yeah, and I thought, God, people should do that more often when there's such a well-run gig like yours. So thank you, right back, and your audience.
0: Get, right, last thing, I might push him look here. I've written down, I should have asked it at the start, could you set a task for the podcast listeners? Would that be possible? So I do get asked to set quite a few tasks,
2: weirdly. And uh, we're having <laughs> a, we're having, we are having do so many series, we have a rap party most weeks. So we've got a rap party tonight, a taskmaster rap party for series 16 and 17. And at the rap party, we try to not just have booze and food. We try to have booze, food, and tasks. So I always We're always overly ambitious, so I have to write some tasks that are put up around the um and this is probably top secret this is probably behind the curtain behind the cloak anyway so the, here are some of the tasks that some of your listeners can do that that some of the people might do at the party tonight take a selfie with loads of knees most knees in a selfie wins you can't use photoshop so if yeah if your listeners want to send in you know who can get the most knees in a selfie um there's things that are quite party specific like order order an exotic drink for someone you admire don't worry about that. Um, say milky the most times in a conversation without the other person saying milky. I'm going to do that one. Um uh, Keep doing that thing where you pretend to be going down an escalator. Uh, persuade someone to lend you a pen, then make sure they see you writing the word maggot on your hand. Largest maggot wins. Make a necktie out of blue roll, wear it with pride for the rest of the evening. There we go.
0: There's a few. Do Do one of them. Superb. Sue Perkins. Sue Perkins. Sue Perkins. Sue, that should be a phrase instead of superb. Sue, I, absolutely right, Sue, Sue Perkins. Perkins. <laughs> um, Alex, thanks very much. Thanks, man.
2: Thank you. I'm going to have pizza now. And if I get food poisoning, it's your fault.
0: That was a belter. That was a belter. Sorry, it's <laughs> <Just> my opinion. <laughs> Worth a wait. We, look, but I mean, you know, you can say that was so much fun and Alex also, I mean, Alex had put the work in. Yeah, again,
1: busy boy, but my God, doing the homework. What a guy. What a guy.
0: God, I, I'm 45. And this is very immature to say. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. That's really nice. <laughs> uh, right. Your favourite Alex Horn memory? Okay, great. Again,
1: so many to choose from, but it is going to be... This is a pre-Taskmaster memory. I went to go see uh, Monsieur Butterfly. I believe his last solo show. Ass off. Ass off right now, at least. I really hope he does more solo stuff. But at the moment, his last solo show. And I went to go see it with the whole family. We all went to Soho Theatre. And we didn't go to see many like comedy gigs together weirdly but that's one we went to and it was so nice showing them something that is so fringy and alternative but like they all loved it it was really
0: cool so that is that's always gonna be my favorite memory for sure my favorite memory i know we talk about it on the episode but it's something that it did obviously it obviously didn't stay with alex because it is such a i know it's in it seems insignificant but it, me, it meant something to me Alex came down he did the night a few times but one of the times probably the first time he ever came down 2012 2013 there was a we had these wooden chairs there was a broken chair and Alex I think I tried a couple of people tried and then Alex took it upon himself god bless him to mend this chair and mend it he did and uh, he didn't have to do it because you know obviously when acts come down they're there to do the comedy they're not there to turn it into the repair shop. But I just think such a lovely gesture and Tim what this takes me onto this is pre taskmaster this week you know but um Alex is an authentically good dude, right? And this takes me to this Tim. In all your years who have been the comedians who have they don't have to do it but they sort of like metaphorically and indeed literally rolled up their sleeves in terms of like if if we're like overrunning setting the room up setting the room up or need someone to do a tech check or that sort of thing um who would you like to single out for praise i'm going to say Jordan gray
1: someone we haven't really talked about on the show before i probably about this time last year i was doing a very corporate job where um a, a big company had decided they want comedy in a venue where it just no, no performance should be taking place at all. So there were speakers which just didn't work. There was no, nothing, nothing worked. But Jordan Gray, who has so much technical knowledge, I guess, through her music and stuff, she she probably did more work than me in making sure the room worked. And it was very impressive. It was a sort of gig that the comedians could very easily sit back and not do anything. And that'd be completely understandable. But she really, she really went all out to help. I really was very impressed. She was great, really cool.
0: Is that thing of people showing their true colours, there's no cameras, it's, a cam- it's not a PR moment, it's just a person helping out for the greater good, making sure a night, things, yeah. works. You know, it's, um, yeah, they mean a lot of those little things, don't they? Yeah, really cool. How about you? You see, the, now I'm sort of like answering a different question, but the one that leaps to mind is uh, there was a 99 Club gig and a comedian simply didn't turn up because I think they couldn't be bothered making the journey, right? Joe Caulfield, in terms of, like, just helping out, because they're a good person. Joe Caulfield was doing a gig in a much bigger room and also had to be at the comedy store at a very specific time, but heard us talking about the fact that a comedian just hadn't turned up. And Joe looked at her watch and said, how long do you need? I went, 15 minutes will be amazing. And Joe went, yep, yeah, I'll do that. And so she jumped on, obviously annihilated it for 15 minutes. And then I think she was late for the comedy store because she'd helped out. God.
1: <laughs> wow! wow. Joe Caulfield is just is the best. She just is the best. And yeah. Just perfect perfect story to describe how good she is. Lovely a bearded genius to share the Joe Caulfield love uh, last week. Yeah. Again. So nice. I <laughs> again clips out for us.
0: Lovely. Very cool. God bl- God bless sweet, sweet bearded genius. Of course, of course, yeah, wonderful. Um, please keep the correspondence coming in. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we failed you on the correspondence front. We're, we're here begging you for your correspondence, and we've we've frankly let you down at least three weeks on the trot because because it's there. Tim, we, we'll we'll do that Christmas episode in the next few days, and we've we've got some nice bits and bobs to read out. Oh yeah, yeah, some lovely stuff coming through. Tell you what, if you have any questions that you would like us to answer on the Christmas special, maybe like some sort of look looking back type type thing, uh, please do send in your questions. The team at alwaysbecomedy.com. We've done those bonus ep- episodes before and we've been, oh, Tim, what are we going to talk about? And then like 40 minutes into it, Tim's like, yeah, we need to wrap this up, dude. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, the team at alwaysbecomedy.com dot com across the socials we are at always be comedy and please do leave those five star reviews they help a lot uh for the uh for the pod quite a few of you have been leaving here here's a bit of uh, behind the curtain for some reason google had always be comedy listed as permanently closed one of our one of our regulars michelle W very kindly got in touch to point this out. And so people have been leaving the actual comedy night, five-star reviews on Google to to sort of counter what happened. I'm happy to take the blame. I think maybe it's because we didn't put in opening hours or something. But I tell you what, when you see your own business that you launched 12 and a half years ago, come up as permanently closed on Google, let me tell you, it, it, it shaved a few years off my life. <laughs> um, so, if, you, if you've been to the night and you would like to leave a five star review for Always Be Comedy, the actual night, please uh, feel free. Um, any other business before we go, Tim? Oh, come to a night, I would
1: say. Come to a night, and you know what? Buy a mug.
0: Come to a night, buy a mug. Uh, in the next few weeks, I, I mean, we're look, Tim. We're, we're 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 incredibly grateful. There's a lot of sellouts. On the board, a lot of sold out shows. That's uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing. But in the next few weeks and months, you can see the likes of uh, Jen Brister. Here's a relatively new show Jen Brister, Jordan Brooks, Sunil Patel, Friday the 12th of January. Uh, Dear, there's likes of Rachel Paris, Finn Taylor. uh, And we're adding more and more and more. Sindhu V. Right, we're doing Sunday the 4th of February. This is an interesting one. We're doing a. It's sort of, it's, it's. I've described this poorly in the past. It's always be comedy, but without the swears. It's going to be Sunday afternoon, 4th of February, 3 o'clock. And the way we're pitching it is we get a lot of emails from people saying, I've got a 15 year old. Can they come to always be comedy? And we we sort of have to go, ah, maybe not because of some of the subject matter, as you can appreciate. And so we were inspired by this. And so we're doing Sunday, the 4th of February, 3 o'clock. And we're calling it Sunday, a Sunday afternoon show. So it'll be, it's ABC, but without the, you know, you know some of the fruity stuff. So it's Sindhu V and Glenmore. I think that's an interesting one to flag. Uh, and then we're doing a run of preview shows with Ed Gamble. Most of them have uh, sold out or are selling out, but uh, that's a chance to see Eddie G before he goes on his hot diggity dog uh, tour. Catherine Bohart doing a work in progress. Wonderful, uh, Catherine Bohart. Monday the 12th of February. You know what? Christmas gifts for everyone. There is an e-gift section on the site. I've probably overdone the plugs, but uh, alwaysbecomedy.com is the website. And we hope by the time this episode goes out, you will be able to buy yourself a mug. Um, Tim, thank you for everything. Thank you for everything, James. Uh, and we'll see you all soon. We've got another banger next week. Thank you to Alex Horn. Have a great week. Bye.